One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on legal fees if you go through levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And so is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Welcome to Propaganda, a show where we have a look at what they and you have been saying about Leeds United. And the good news is the London hoodoo is over. So I'm sure we can expect a multitude of happy cockneys today on our uh, dancing in our ears. They are they are too reasonable, Fulham fans. I mean, you'll hear them in a bit, but there's no anger on it, really. I wanted to try and find someone who was at least cross about a decision or something, but just very reasonable. Could you put a microphone into a tower full of ravens? Because I assume that's where the, the curse was being held and when the final whistle went, they either um, screamed into a, a camera for YouTube or just flew away the the sound of wings flapping as the curse is lifted over London. Weird coincidence, this. Don't know if you've heard. There is a tower in London. They've got ravens in it. So we could do it. Yeah. Raven cast. <laughs> Good. Uh, we'll get round to all that. Yeah, as Michael said um, in the second part of this show. New show as well. We thought we'd break it off from the main podcast as well to allow us to uh, concentrate on this bit. And then we'll do all the news and all the other stuff in the main show, which will follow this one. So have a look on your feed. Keep tabs on it. Uh, follow us and subscribe. They're doing away with the word subscribe because it confuses people. It's all becoming follows now. So Yeah, but do subscribe. Yes. Because to that, that, TSB Plus. Yeah. Because that's a separate thing though. It's yeah. But you can get all these podcasts ad free. Yeah. Follow the yeah. But it keeps food on our table as well, which is great. Yes. And no ravens. Okay. Unless in, into know, times are really hard. I don't know what the I mean, now that London has lost its power over Leeds, I assume everything just starts to crumble after that and they will be eating birds that they've found in the streets that hopefully Frank Lampard has not shat on. You can never tell. Feels like we've got a bit sidetracked there with all, we the, in London. With all, the, all the avian chat. but It's happy days. Okay, well, let's um, get into what we should talk about because we ask our TSB Plus subscribers to give us feedback uh, via email. Check your emails, by the way, if you haven't um, if you haven't responded to us yet. Basically, what did we get right? What did we get wrong on the match ball? What should we talk about? Uh, what are you saying about Leeds? Up first, then, what we got? Calvin Phillips. A couple of people mentioned this, and I did reflect on it on the way home as well. It feels like we've stopped talking about him a bit since he came back into the team. He was out for ages. We weren't as good. He's come back in. We're much better. He's really good, and we take him for granted a bit. Is it not a bit needy, though, to be constantly praising him? Because we, we kind of say he is brilliant all <laughs> Let's the move time. on, then. Because he is. So, Ralph Bonus, thank you for that, and Mike Parker as well, who've both drawn attention to this. Take your comments on board. Will we do anything about it? Probably not. Let's praise him a bit more. I mean... I must admit, I think we did completely overlook his tackle to set up the goal, which is it comes from what we always do, really fast pressing in midfield, but he wins the ball. And then not only does he win it in the 
traditional way you'd expect a defensive midfielder to do. He then bombs on and Bamford chose to play the ball to Rafinha, which was probably the right move in the end, but Calvin was right up there with him as well. He is so important to the whole operation. I think if we if we say it now once, will that sort of excuse us for the rest of the season? Because he is. He's vital to the whole thing working. This was special though, and I don't know if we were just dazzled by those very soft feet that Rafinha displayed in the finish, but when I did watch it back, what both Ralph and Mike are saying about the tackle is true. And I ended up writing it as like the crack of a whip because the way he just, whoever it is, it's, is it Lamina has the ball and it is as if Calvin is on like a piece of elastic that just pings at him, bang, gets the ball out from him and into Bamford's path and then kind of recoils away again and then runs off the field. But it's rare that you see a tackle that well done from that kind of distance. Yeah, it's, it's the timing, isn't it? It's not a, yeah, it's not a duel so much where it's kind of Lamina has run into Phillips' zone and they're scrapping about the ball. Phillips has just seen that he's probably going to miscontrol it and just boom, in from nowhere, ball out from his feet. So clean as well. And you know how easy it is now that football's it's no longer a contact sport. You can't do out. But that has some truth in it. And to be able to very neatly get the ball out from his feet and also leave the player on the floor. Yeah, because I, I was waving my pen at you there because I had the same thought in my head that you've just expressed, which was, if he gets that wrong, it's definitely a foul and it's probably a booking in these days. Truthfully, if the player goes down, it's probably given as a foul anyway, just because of the amount of force that was in the tackle, even though there was nothing wrong with it. And I did watch this back as well because I was annoyed by it at the time. When Calvin Phillips gets booked at the end for picking the ball up, the ball is in his hands for less than two seconds when the referee gets his yellow card out. He was desperate to desperate to book him. Whereas in the first half, Harrison Reed picks it up, walks away with it, then drops it behind his back. Absolutely nothing done. Nothing done for that. It was about eight or nine seconds he had it. So um, shit refereeing. Were they behind at that point or not? Um I can't remember. Let's assume not. But should it matter anyway? Kevin Phillips had the ball. He had the ball for two seconds and the ref's there with his yellow card. He didn't even say to him put the ball down, he just straight away booked him. Could he not have just added two seconds on at the end? Just tap his watch and say, I'm timing this. Could have done, but anyway. I think, I, I saw the other day that Calvin Phillips is now very unlikely to pick up another suspension anyway, because I think he needs to get booked three games consecutively before the cut-off for, for the yellow cards, so he's probably going to manage that. What about a red? That would do it, wouldn't it? That'd do that would it. smash a big hole in your theory. <laughs> well, which brings us on to the next topic, then um, a few people um, singling out Alioski for uh, comment. I did enjoy the way Sermi approached this, where he said, did anyone else feel that Alioski seemed to be a bit of a liability? Yes. Yes, I think I think other people did also feel that. Pretty much everybody from a Leeds persuasion watching that game. Although, as I think we mentioned on the match ball, second half, no problems with it. I think somebody must have got a, you know, reprogrammed him at, at half time, put him in some... Uh, Control-alt-delete. Put him in rice for 15 minutes just to reset him <laughs> and send him back out again because he did sort himself. But yeah, the first half was he was all over the place, even to the point of that. Um, I can't remember who he was having the kerfuffle with on the touchline. But it was probably Harrison Reed who Tyler Roberts was kind of going after all night. Those two were having a, a, a little back and forth and then Alioski inevitably had to get involved for no reason. But yeah, it, I mean, he, he's a bit of fun, isn't he? Well, he is, yeah. And tapping into the, the themes that you've been you know, bringing to the table, Moscow, doesn't really matter anymore, does it? He's quite clearly on his way out in the summer now. There's no contract getting signed at this stage, is there? So let's just enjoy him and his performance art, as I keep describing it, until he leaves. I think Paul Eaton probably summed it up best, actually. He fed back this saying Alioski was the, the opposition's best attacker and 
actively trying to make the game more open and interesting. So credit to him for that. But on a serious note, he said he's been, he's been good for us, but he looks like a serious weak link now. And it's fine, isn't it? I think that's one truth that we have to accept is that it is fine to move past the players that got us promoted, some of them anyway. He's making it easy for us, I think, is, is what I would say about his recent performances. Because I think earlier in the season, I was quite happy f- to see him stay as a squad player. But the longer he's in this team, I mean, I would probably be at the point of maybe giving him an extra year, but he's not going to want that, is he, at this stage of his career? He's going to want some some longevity and stability yeah. and last big financial con- support. Last big contract, isn't it? So he's not going to sign a one-year deal, which is the absolute maximum I would be willing to give him at this stage. You know what you're going to get from him. The problem is you can't rely on that because of what it is. Kind of, <laughs> You could have a player around as backup who you think, oh, well, they'll, they'll come in and they'll be solid, do a job, fill in where necessary. And he is quite versatile that he can play left back or left wing I'm sure we've seen him on the right wing I, I, I've got this weird memory he was over of, on the right wing giving them a uh, in the corner <laughs> that's, that's their goal you're right he did he has had a spell on the right wing hasn't he it's and one, I'm sure I've got this weird memory of Bielsa saying you could play like in midfield or as a ten if, like, if we're absolutely stretched but let's never let's never get to that point ever but he's so erratic when he does come in and he always has been I mean he's has he ever actually really been first choice Leeds he's always been kind of there's been a gap for him to get into the team but he's been on the bench quite a lot well it's like it's like the Tyler Roberts conundrum isn't it where Bielsa's challenged him to establish his place in the team on his own merits and not just because there's a gap I think Alioski's too old for that kind of stuff now isn't he we we know exactly what he'll be forever I don't think he's going to get better <laughs> over he, the next he, five years does he strike you as a man capable of learning well I was thinking about just before because he did come from Switzerland for not much money, one and a half million pound. And what he's managed to achieve compared to some of the other players who came in at the same time, like Caleb Ekuban and J. Roy Grot and who else? We had Lasogger on Saiz. Saiz was, you know, brilliant for a while, but when Bielsa came in, it's like, oh, can't really crack this. Wife wants to go on. Let's just fuck off back to Spain and, and take things easy. Um, so to have actually stuck with it, being in Bielsa's plans all the time, being in the team, get a championship winner's medal, play in the Premier League. It all kind of does get him to the point where a big contract somewhere else is probably part of the the reward that he's, comes he's done, to a player of his level. And he's done enough for us that he couldn't possibly tarnish that legacy. Mm. Well, who even knows where the Galatasaray stories have even come from? Is it is it somebody on their end trying to create stories to say that they're going to be signing a player that they need or want? Is it his agent? missing the target and saying all this stuff is it just newspapers could it's, be a smoke screen but equally it's such a the, the world of football media is so bizarre you can follow how those things sometimes but where it will be a line in the bottom of a, a story you know third page from the back in a Italian newspaper a Turkish Danny Mills has said that they should sign him exactly and then it, it gets reported over here by a clickbait website and then it gets picked up by one of the you know the YEP has that section where it talks about the transfer rumours that are on the clickbait websites to tell you what they're all saying. And then people say, oh, well, it was in the YEP. So that gives it some legitimacy. And, and now then, we're talking about it. And then other people report that it's been in the YEP. All the clickbait websites say, oh, this is in the YEP. And then it goes round again and it just generates what, its own noise. They let any old shit into that YEP, don't they, Michael? <laughs> some of the stuff I've read in there, yeah. absolutely pathetic. Start of the week in particular, mm, always yes. a disappointment. Tuesdays are a day to avoid. Um, but no, you're, you're absolutely right about how, how mad and maddening it is. But we will take this one on its merits if and when it arrives. It, it's almost certain that he's leaving, though. So 
Let's just try and treasure him while we can. He do, I think he does seem to have lost a bit of the fun, doesn't he? I think it was um, Samit was saying he's maybe checking out of the club psychologically and it does feel a bit like that. Yeah. He doesn't feel to be quite in the centre of things in the way that he was. Do you know what it's like? It's like when you go on holiday and you have a great time. You go at it for the first, I don't, let's say you're there for two weeks. First 10 days are glorious. But when you get to the end and you're a bit tired and you know you've got a flight home in a couple of days, you start to think, wow, we're better better not wear that because I'll need that on the plane and I'll need that clean for when I get back. And I'm not going to get absolutely arsehole tonight because I'm, you know, I don't want to feel rough for the flight in a couple of days or whatever, whatever it might be. And Alioski's like the, the very cheerful holiday rep who had the kids entertained in the first week, but by the end of the second, they just, oh, do we have to, he's putting on another karaoke show. It's the last night. He's been nice. Go and be friendly. He is the Mr. Tumble of Leeds United, isn't he? Is that Mr. Tumness? You no, mean no, Mr. Tumble? It's just dreadful. I'm so glad my kids have outgrown it now. <laughs> Google it. Google it in your own time, Moscow. You'll go. Ah, right. I understand. Um, let's move on to um, chat about Scott Scotty Parker. A few people singling him out for discussion. Uh, Jimmy Finn, Nathan, and Birds all been in touch about this. Just the look of the man is essentially the pent up fury of Scott Scotty Parker's jaw. Cotton camera having Vietnam flashbacks towards the end of the game. And it's a gauge of how well we do against Fulham. The more obvious we were the superior side, the more lopsided his face became, which was fair to say as well. He did look to be... Grinding his teeth kind of look about him. Trying his yeah. best to think of ideas. And he didn't really come up with any, did he? He keeps himself very tidy, though. I mean, if you looked across, it's interesting talking about his kind of lopsided jaw when there was the famous photo of all this, the screenshot of Bielsa halfway through the, the game with his glasses lopsided across his face at a very jaunty angle and his hair tufted out all over and screaming at, at people. Whereas Parker does, and I don't know if it's, um, you know, you draw these lines between English managers and whoever else. Frank Lampard did it as well. I think Gary Monk had a, an element of this. I don't know if they're, if they're training managers to do this, but they just kind of stand in the technical area looking stern but clean, like as if all they've really got to present now that their team is 3-0 down, is that they had a shower. Mm. And so they just stand there, lips just sort of completely closed, mouth set. And I used to notice it, particularly when, um, I can't say I used to notice it because it's only happened once, and I'm, that makes it sound like it's something that happened all the time. The Spygate game, when Lampard was banging on about us, watching them in training and stuff, that night when they came to Elland Road, I remember watching our technical area where it's like a military operation with like six different people all up and down with bits of paper and instructions move, and debates. Move. Yep, and they're all constantly shouting and they're all d- debating and there's always a conversation going on. And then the Derby one where there was just Frank Lampard standing on his own, staring at the pitch. None of his staff would come out from the bench to, to say anything to him, have any ideas. He wasn't talking to any of his players. I think, what the fuck are you doing? How much are you making for this two hours that you just stand there and really all you've got to offer is that you bought a coat. I think, speaking of the coat, I do wonder, particularly in the rain now, you'll never see a manager with an umbrella anymore after after the Steve McLaren thing. And I think maybe, is it a reaction to that when people were just basically taking the piss of how sad he looked under an umbrella and be like, at least try and look like you're being serious. And that's it. And what is more sensible in a storm than an umbrella? It's a fucking foolish thing to do. <laughs> to just stand there out in the open getting absolutely pissed on, put a brolly up, 
keep dry. It makes perfect sense. But no, it's like, oh, no, we can't have a football manager with an umbrella. Do you know? And so that, that, that will be drummed into the likes of Parker and Lampard. They don't know fuck all about Frank, tactics. Frank, your hair will look thinner if it gets wet. So I will say <laughs> like, to Like Blazing Squad, somebody needs to flip reverse this and have one of those, you know, those novelty umbrellas that's just like comes attached to a headband. Mm. So you keep your hands free. You can do all your pointing and your instructions. Maybe hold an iPad when you're showing it to the sub. Keep your hands free for the, the brolly on your head, keeping you dry as well. And if got, it's, got and uber, if it's, uber practical. And if it's a nice day, you can get one of the hats with beer cans either side. Just you that would, nice end of season vibe. Maybe put some Gatorade in it or something like that. Instead. Talking about those flip charts and the iPads, so, I mean, I know I'm, I'm taking this on, on a Lampard direction, but he used to skulk around as well. If you watched it on television, you would see one of his coaches, if they're bringing on a substitute, would be showing them what to do. And Lampard, with his hands behind his back, it just kind of skulks behind them, going in and out of shots, like kind of not contributing to the conversation, but as if he's just watching from afar. And then he might come on and just like pat them on the back before, just as they're showing the studs to the assistant, go on in. Is that, what the fuck are you actually doing? And regarding Lampard, thankfully, we had the last laugh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That's what you were saying about Leeds, but what about what they were saying about Leeds? Fulhamish, our arch nemeses. I mean, also stable mates, because they do a podcast with The Athletic now. So are we are we friends, or do we hate them? Oh, I think, I think we still de- there's a bitter rivalry there, isn't there? Going back years, or at least a year. Yeah, we lost the, uh, the, the FSA award to them the first year, didn't we? The club podcast of the year, but got it now, haven't we? <laughs> So uh, no, they're 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 good actually. Fulhamish, I've I've listened to bits of them a few times, and they're always very measured and reasonable, just like us in many ways. They're sensible, probably less about umbrella hats and that kind of a thing in there. But you can you can see how Fulham ended up with a neutral end from listening to the the feedback on this very very measured. I, I did have some feedback from Nick Roberts asking if I'm ever tempted to find the Leeds equivalents of of like the Chelsea lot we had on last week, which which I'm not. That's for other people to do, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. We're not going to start shitting on our own doorstep, are we? Well, no, exactly. So um, in the meantime, we'll we'll find some more angry people another week. But in the meantime, all we've got is Fulhamish being very reasonable. The, the only good bit in this is that he gets very confused around some hand metaphors. This game, for me, is just, and we've seen it before in the earlier sort of reciprocal fixture, it's just, Bielsa just knows how to get one over on Scott. And he, he had our number from the word go, and he completely... You know, he dealt his hand, and and we we bit his hand. Like it's just 
so predictable from us. That's the thing that really frustrates me. There was there was nothing. There was no curveball from us. There was no game plan. We just completely walked into Bielsa's hands, and he scrapped us. He wanted a scrappy game. He wanted you know he wanted just that frantic nature, high energy. These players are so ridiculously fit. I was thinking there's no way that they can maintain this high press throughout throughout the game, and yet they did up into the 85th minute, and we were just flapping from the word go. And there was just no game plan. We we thought that we could walk into this match being like, you know, as we do, play it out from the back, possession-based football. And Leeds, from the word go, scuppered that with their high press. And we just had no answer. So let's just get this right. Bielsa dealt his hand, which they subsequently bit off, but then they walked right back into that bitten off hand. Well, no, they, well, who, did Bielsa bite his own hand off? No, I think he dealt, he dealt his hand. He dealt then, his hand. And then Fulham bit it off. Bit they, his hand they also off. also played into it. And then they played into his hand. But that means Bielsa bit his own hand off. Does it? Who bit his hand off? I mean, it's hard to say. Hands on deck, worth two in the bush <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's a bit... But I mean, he's right in terms of they didn't have a plan, did they? Do you know what's more important than that? Scott. Calling him Scott. I know we sometimes call Bielsa Marcelo, but that sounds fine. Something to me... Sounds very strange. It, I mean, if you were a Chelsea fan, as was, again, I'm, I'm back to, would you say Frank got this wrong? They did though, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's really, it's, it's not, like, you, like I wouldn't refer to Howard Wilkinson as Howard, he's Wilco to me. I suppose, yeah, you would, I would use Howard. I think there's just something about the name it's, Scott. It's, it's, it's got that. <laughs> Maybe I spent too long watching Neighbours when so, I was young, so sorry, sorry Scott you, and Charlene. Uh, sorry if you called Scott. No, Scott's a lovely name. It's absolutely fine. But it's it just seems, I think maybe because... I think it's because we were raised on English managers called Howard and things like that. Yeah. Scott seems a bit flippant it's for a, bit, it's a, a bit Premier League manager's name. Chommy and Pally, and I think that's symptomatic of this generation of like, English it, managers mm. like Scott Parker. If there was a lollipop man called Scott, you wouldn't trust him, would you? <laughs> getting, the, getting the kids across the road, you'd think, Jesus Christ. And these Fulhamish guys are probably around the same age. Like a Bernard you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Bernard the lollipop man. He's yeah. fine. Sounds lovely, doesn't he? Scott the lollipop man. CRB check. Got tattoos. Mm. I was just saying they're probably about the same age, so it sounds like they're talking about a mate rather than a football manager. But we've moved on to lollipop. <laughs> I wish to disassociate myself from the, the lollipop comments just in case <laughs> Scott the lollipop Leeds fan is listening and doing a fine job and would keeping been, the children safe. Would have been CRB checks as well. Should say that for the record. I mean, nothing I picked up from listening to him generally, not not for a clip, but just that they had won two at home all season and scored nine goals all season at home, Jesus. which is absolutely terrible, isn't oh, it? Oh, they could still catch us though, couldn't they? If Fulham make... put some form together, <laughs> ooh. It does kind of make you realise, doesn't it, that all that chat was nonsense really, because they're not very good. They also don't like Anguisa, who is someone that I had said before I wouldn't mind us signing in summer, but he, apparently he's not really arsed, doesn't want to be there. And he was in Calvin's pocket for a large portion of the game. He can so. come to us and live in Calvin's pocket if he wants. <laughs> Maybe he'd probably, well, I mean, I'm sure he would like it more at Leeds, wouldn't he? Because he'd get to win more than two games at home all season. I mean, where's the fun to be had in this then? They're talking about the, the handball and it's it's far too balanced. We need some angry people, don't we? <laughs> it was the double handball. It might not have stuck in Leeds fans' memories because we just went, oh, it's fine. It's not on ball. It was one where it, there was a cross and it hit two players yeah, in yeah. the hand very quickly, but neither of them. One in the bush. <laughs> you beat me to it, Bosco Swine. <laughs> very good. But yeah, what you want is some swivel-eyed loonies demanding red cards and VAR and penalties, don't you? Not this. But this reminded me a lot of our VAR discussions where we 
essentially watch things back and penalty decisions and stuff and go, well, I kind of wanted a penalty for that because a penalty was given against us for this earlier in the season and I want a handball for this because the one was given against Robin Cock and all that sort of stuff. And in fairness, the the Lamina decision that they that they're kind of referring to in this was the ridiculous one against Spurs the other week where they had a, a ball twatted at their player from about a yard away. It hit his hand, which was right by his side, and then they scored from where the ball ended up. And it, it's an, it is a nonsense. And they did change the rule about a minute after the game because everyone looked at it and went, oh yeah, that is that is a bit Stupid, daft. Yeah. Um, but this is this is VAR discussion um, in 2021. I personally thought it would have been harsh, but friends right, are so- my, if you look at an incident like Kamara's against Liverpool, if you're comparing the two, it's handball. I don't want to be in a game where it, that is handball. If I don't want that to have to, I don't want that to be handball. Yeah, because it, it's not. It's not. It's an innocuous. I know it's both their hands or arms, but for me, yes, we can argue that it shouldn't be given. But that's arguing with something that's just a bit of luck, which we didn't unfortunately get today. But then that, if you're looking at that, that's as close to being handball as you know. To how, if you look at how close your side was for their for their disallowed goal, and it's a great header from Luke Ailing at the back stick. I was it Tyler Roberts who who whipped it, who whipped in the cross. So it's unfortunate that something like that wasn't given in our favour. But I don't want to be watching and watching a game of football where any situation like that then becomes handball. Because for me, yeah, as you said, Coops, I think it would have been harsh. I'd agree. I think, like, if you're a neutral and you watch that handball, like, you're not gonna, you, no one wants that to be given as a handball. The only reason we would say anything differently as Fulham fans is like, I feel, still feel like so bitter about the Lamina one that, like, I feel we deserve this one. Like, I feel the footballing gods, like, they owe us this one. <laughs> like, that's, that's not how football works. But yeah, that's the only reason why I watch it being like, Oh, like, come on! That would have been a really nice way of kind of <laughs> rebalancing, uh, rewriting karma somehow. But yeah, look, it wasn't a penalty, and the ref made the right call. We can't have a rivalry with these blokes. <laughs> At Arsenal fan TV, they would have been going, you "Referee, you're mad! You're mad, ref!" There'd have been some of that going on, which obviously would have been ridiculous. But does all this explain their previous hand confusion? They just seem all. I'm- you know, it's supposed to be a football podcast. I've heard nothing from these people, but hands this, hands that, hands being bitten off, handball, hands by the side, arms. Hands well, you do get those like those foot perverts, don't you, who are into feet and that. Maybe these are, these people are hand perverts. Maybe this is what, what's wrong with them. Well, the Glovers is Yeovil, isn't it? Is it Yeovil? Who are the Glovers? I Danny, mean, Danny and his brother? When we, we knew a family called the Glovers growing up. Are we talking about them? Whereas these guys are supposed to be the cottagers, and I'm hearing nothing about cottages. <laughs> or cottaging. It is Yeovil. I was correct. Should have just trusted my own instincts. But yeah, talk about fucking thatched roofs. Never, not hands. <laughs> That's as relevant. Let's go on to uh, Fulham and Beyond then. What have they been saying? Again, very oh, reasonable. Touched him by the finger. <laughs> oh, is- oh, our new signing. Look at those wrists. <laughs> it is nice to hear Daniel Farkin popping in on this one. Poor day at the office, mate, to be honest. Leeds thoroughly deserved the win, mate. Better side one. You can't really complain. Yeah. No. They definitely is a better team. Plus, we never get a grip on the game. Of course, there were like glimpses of chances and we pushed a little bit as well. Uh, but it was never enough and never over a larger period of time so that we could them un- put them under pressure. But to be fair, Leeds did a good job. Yeah. They were pressing very high. 
lot of pace, lot of speed. Um, the Yorkshire Pirlo did a good job actually <laughs> against yeah, yeah against our midfield because he was always like one step earlier there, yeah. and it was hard for Andriza to get rid of him basically. Yeah. Um, same with Lemina. Yeah. Yeah. What can you say? To be yeah. Fair, um, what, yeah. To be fair, what can you say? Because I mean, it was they were a better team. When you watch them, actually, the intensity they play at. Like, credit to them, because I thought, like I said in the earlier video, earlier this season, that Leeds will probably run out of steam yeah. towards this end. They just keep on going, mate. Yeah. The fitness level's unreal throughout the whole game. Well, there's something we can trash them for, the Bielsa burnout myth. At least they've addressed it and said, yeah, we were wrong about that. Stop being so bloody reasonable. I, I feel a bit strange hearing the Yorkshire pillow in their mouths. You don't <laughs> refer to another team's players by their nicknames, do you? Especially, in the, I mean... Not one that kind of builds them up and is grand towards them. Would we call Mitrovic? Would we be like, oh, Super Mitro was great for Fulham in this match? No, you'd say Mitrovic was good because you you don't want to that elbowing bastard. I was trying to find a like a nickname for Jack Grealish, but I'm not sure if he if he has one. Slippery Jack. Well, maybe that's it. But <laughs> we're not going to be saying, oh, Slippery Jack was great for Aston Villa today. You'd say Grealish had a good game because. You don't want to. You wouldn't call him Jackie Grealish, would you? Certainly not. But that's that's a bit strange having them all going. Oh, you know, the Yorkshire Perlo did this, and Super Duper Liam Cooper was a, <laughs> a good performer for them. And I thought that uh, Bill Ailing played great. Bambino, what a player he was for the other team. Shut up. Well, they do get onto that here. Actually, I, I just thought this was worth including, just because if we go back a year when Mitrovic was considered the best striker in the Championship and Bamford was shit. Just to listen to them now saying that they need more players like Bamford. When the team is not working, we fail. Especially in our situation, because we don't have the individual class mm. that someone just can do something. Like Leeds, let's say for me, I'm not the biggest fan, but Bamford is a striker, where he was, where he anticipated where the ball was. Yeah. This is like the little bit individual skill, but Leeds has more than us. That's why they've got the goals. You know what I mean? All I hear is Farker now. Now you said that. The individual skill of the players, players like Bamford. Things change, don't they? And Mitrovic was terrible, it's worth saying. I was saying when he came on, he seems just preoccupied with physical battles. Like, there were points where he could have just got the ball and played it like in a, in a straightforward pass to someone or knocked it down the wing, but instead he seemed to want to wrestle the centre-back so he could, for some reason, hold it up for to do nothing with it. It was. Uh, but, but what if Scott, Scotty, is sending him on saying, go make your presence felt, we need some more physicality up front? Possibly. I always maintain in the Championship he was probably the best finisher in there and the most one of the most effective strikers, but I think he, under Bielsa, if we could make him thin and fast, he would be about 10 times better than he is now. Stevie Nicol, we can't close out the show without talking about him. He wasn't covering our game this time, though, no? No, he wasn't, unfortunately. He was on the FA Cup game, which was Everton against Man City. And you remember when we first came across Steve Nicol this season, it was when we'd gone out against Man City and played really attacking football and he absolutely hated it. Because it wasn't sustainable. wasn't sustainable. There's so no it, control. Everton went about it in a different way, a nice cautious style, aiming to nick it. Presumably he was really happy with this. Presumably so. And it's funny, before the game, I was thinking, oh, you know what, this might be all right. You know, Everton, you know, they can, they can, they can be good at times and they can cause problems at times and... It's the FA Cup and they might have a go. I'm thinking, you know, this might be all right. And then and then I looked at the team sheet about an hour before and whoever put the team sheet out on my phone had Everton with a back five and then all of a sudden I was kind of realistic and I thought, you know what, that's exactly what's going to happen. Everton's going to sit back. Man City are going to be trying to knock on the door and get through it and that's it. 
and, and I wasn't wrong. It was it was boring. It was predictable. Everton got men behind the ball. I mean, listen, if if Everton are a side that that we think can can push to get in the top four, then that that doesn't say an awful lot for the league. Uh, and it certainly tells you that teams like City are going to be at the top for a long, long time because Everton just didn't put up a, a show at all. Yes, they gave it a bit of fight, but as far as football was concerned, no football from Everton at all, and uh, City deservedly won. What does he want? What does he want? It is hard to know where his sweet spot is <laughs> because we went about it completely just flying at him, attacking as much as we could. That was wrong. Even though we got a point from it, which was a good result. With a, vast, a vastly, with all due respect to our team, a vastly inferior side. And we went toe-to-toe with them eventually in that game after that initial 20-minute spell. I mean, Steve Nicol is clearly confused there because I enjoyed the phrase, <laughs> whoever put the team sheet out on my phone. I, I, love- think, I don't know if he thinks... Like the apps, do it especially for the apps that somebody, somebody comes around and paints it onto the screen. The apps that give you lineups and stuff that everyone has, and you can check scores on. I think he maybe thinks that's someone at the ESPN office has put that on his phone, especially said, for him. Said Steve, use this app, and he thinks it's like a special ESPN thing. I would imagine that he's like, oh well, I've got, I've got, I've got a special inside track on these things. I get the lineups, you get scores, you can look at any score, you know, any score, league tables. That's on there as well. One of the perks of working at ESPN. But of course he hates all of it. <laughs> I think I know where his sweet spot is. You know the Everton have that Tom Davies? Mm. You know, with his quite long hair. Flammable hair. Exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for that his hair just to go up like a candle. It never came. That's his sweet spot. It'd be interesting to see what... He, I mean, I presume he'll be covering our game against Man City because it's... It's one of the big ones. I think ESPN will be covering it, so we'll, we'll see what he uh, what he makes of our approach this time around. He is my oxygen from week to week, finding out what Steve Nichol thinks about things. Uh, oxygen, which obviously makes things far more flammable. Mm. That wraps it up for propaganda for this week. Cheers for listening to this one. We'll catch you on the main show in a bit. See you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.